Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. All right, here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I am thrilled you are here for our kickoff show for 2022, and it's going to be a good one, very informative. But before I introduce you to our guests, I always like to do my little bit of housekeeping up front so we can just jabber on for the rest of the hour. So first of all, if you like our opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people that actually are involved with dementia and caregiving. And today we are live, so feel free to go ahead and call in with your questions at 323-870-4602. That's 323- 870-4602. Um, now, there is a, a new research project that you can get involved with, um, which is really interesting. It's called Picnic Health. And you can go to picnichealth.com forward slash speaks and sign up and actually get $25 just for doing that. Um, Picnic Health, what they do is they collect and digitize all of your medical records into one online account. And then you can consent to share anonymized data of your records with medical researchers. And by examining this real-world data from your medical records, researchers can actually find out answers uh, to things that they can't find out in clinical trials. So there's some really important information in all of our unique healthcare journeys. So feel free to share your story. And if you're caring for somebody with Alzheimer's disease, you can also sign up on their behalf as long as you have, you know, power of, of um, to do that. And again, just go to picnichealth.com forward slash speaks and get your $25 when you sign up and make the world a better place. Now, since we're still dealing with COVID, you know, I've got a couple of groups that you might be interested in. One is a memory cafe. Um, this was actually one of the first memory cafes in the U.S., Arthur's uh, Senior Care. And we have gone virtual through the whole COVID um, expo here. So we're getting people from, you know, different areas, and, and anyone is welcome. We meet on the second and the fourth Wednesday at 1 o'clock Central. So that would be 2 o'clock Eastern, noon Mountain Time, and 11 a.m., uh, if you're Pacific time, and we meet for about an hour, hour and a half. And if you're interested, you can reach out to me for more information. Also, I do a um, Caregiver Connect program through Brookdale North Oaks and the Shoreview Parks and Rec Center in Shoreview, Minnesota. We normally meet in person for that one. Uh, last month was the first time we met virtual, and we'll see what happens uh, in January here. But we meet the last Wednesday of each month, and if you would like to register for that, you can call 763-913-6140. That's 763-913-6140. And again, we won't know until we get a little closer uh, what we will actually be looking like. Uh, for that one, if it'll be in person or not. And then upcoming, there are two events that are sponsored by Artist Senior Living of Potomac um, in Maryland. And these are both going to be virtual. 
They are also free. One is the Caregiver Survival Camp, Realities of Dementia for Family-Friendly Tips and Tools, and that is going to be held on Tuesday, January 11th uh, from 6 to 7, and that is Eastern Time. And you can register for that by calling four, I'm sorry, by calling 240-293-0155. And there will also be another one that will be for professionals, and that one's titled Tools for Dementia Professionals, Understanding and Supporting the Families We Serve. And that one is going to be on Thursday, January 13th from 5.30 to 7. And from 5.30 to 6, we're going to be doing kind of a networking. And you can register for that by calling 420-293-0244. Or, of course, you can always reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. So we are going to hear from the footbar walker, and then we're going to come back and talk about getting the support you deserve to live a full life on your terms through adaptive equipment. So we'll be right back. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The footbar walker revolutionized my care of George. It absolutely benefits the patient and the caregiver both, and that's the beauty of it. It's so easy to use. It folds up just like a dream. I got it in and out of the car without any effort at all. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. The footbar walker was designed not only to assist the patient, but also the caregiver. It's like having a portable pull bar everywhere you go. Patients have more control of their motion and pain management, and no lifting from the caregiver is required. Caregivers, put your foot down and quit hurting your own health. No matter which side of the footbar walker you're on, it's a win-win. Call 731 924 4444 and visit our factory showroom in Paris, Tennessee, or visit us online at thefootbarwalker.com. Well, I'm glad we're back. I love that footbar walker. It really does help both the patient and the care partner um, significantly. Now, today we're going to be talking to the founders of AE Corner. And they started their company in 2015 because they were both seeing too many seniors struggle every day on how to care for themselves. And most of their clients had the same goal, and that was to remain independent as long as possible in their homes. And many times this goal can be achieved by simply having the right tools. But how the heck do you know what, where to find these tools or what they're even called? So these two women take their role really seriously, and they work tirelessly to help seniors safely age in place and to assist their care partners to work smarter, not harder, while providing care. So let me introduce them to you. First, I'm going to introduce you to Cindy Hardenweiss. And she graduated in 92 with a master's degree in physical therapy from Washington University in St. Louis. And her passion is to assist people in maintaining their independence, especially when it comes to making a difference in their ability to remain in their own home. So welcome, Cindy. How are you today? I am very well, thank you, and so excited to be here today. Wonderful. Well, let me go ahead and introduce Christina. Christina Hardenweiss is a graduate from uh, Eastern Illinois University with a master's degree in speech, language, dysphagia therapy. And she enjoys working with individuals who have dementia and their families, as well as those that have a difficult time eating, chewing, and swallowing due to the disease, which is something that a lot of people don't talk about. So welcome, Christina. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having us, Lori. We're really excited to be here. Well, I am thrilled to have you guys here because your site is incredible. The work that you're doing and the way that you do it is absolutely exceptional. So I, I appreciate your your thought in terms of how to reach people and and how to really give them something that is, that is going to be understandable and um, set them on the right path. So kudos to both of you. Uh, before I get into my line of questioning, I always like to ask if you have been personally touched by dementia in your own family or circle of friends. And, Christine, I'm going to go with you first, if you don't mind. 
Yeah. Um, I have not been personally, as a therapist, especially speech therapist, uh, I've been more of a professional caregiver the majority of my life. So, um, And I do take my job seriously, and and it's really a part of who I am. So kind of in a sense, I guess I have personally because it it matters to me, and I I care for each patient that I I have on my caseload, too. Okay. Thank you. And, Cindy, how about Mm -hmm. you? Um, I had a grandmother uh, with Alzheimer's. I, I was younger um, at the time, um, but, you know, again, like Christina, uh, I've been in, in the field for 30 years and have um, seen many patients and worked with many clients, and um, that caregiver at heart makes that very personal to me as well. Okay, great. Well, I want I want to have you guys explain, you know, what is adaptive equipment in the in the caregiver corner? And and Cindy, if you want to go ahead and take that, and then I'll ask Christine if she has anything she wants to add. Okay. Well, um, adaptive equipment caregiving corner is um, an online site where we um, take uh, educational videos. We make educational videos for both the individual and caregiver. We like to cover adaptive equipment. We like to cover just basic types of um, caregiving activities, such as we transfers, which is getting someone from one surface to another, um, walking with individuals, how to take care of them in the bathroom. So our, our site is educational. We try to um, take a look at products, new products that are coming out, um, products that are helpful that people may not even realize are out there. So that is our main focus, as well as locally, we do a lot of education on site um, for caregivers, both professionally and personally, um, although we're not limited to just local. We would love to do that, uh, you know, as, as many places as we can. Okay. And, um, Christina, anything you want to add to that? Um, yeah, as far as, you know, as far as adaptive equipment is concerned, um, people, I think, I think it's interesting with caregivers. First of all, caregivers don't realize that they're caregivers until they're well into it. And then, and even then it might be questionable whenever you talk to them, you say, well, you're doing this, this, and this for somebody that makes you a caregiver. And I think they kind of adapt to, they adapt their, you know, their own equipment or their own homes, or if they're caregiving to a loved one in their home, they kind of make those adaptations automatically and, and use whatever's around. And so, I always find it interesting, Cindy always says, you know, adaptive equipment technically could be anything. If you use a long-handled spoon to get, to get something off of a shelf that's high up, uh, there, that spoon is now adaptive equipment. So I, I just kind of want to shout out to the caregivers that are already doing this and, and let them know that, you know, it's, it, it, it's just kind of natural, I think, for most caregivers to adapt their situation or their environment. So kudos to them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the one of the biggest problems I see is that people don't know that there's stuff out there that was actually designed to help them. And so they right. are using kitchen, kitchen spoons and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I've done that a zillion times. I got something on a high shelf and it's like, okay, what's long? And it's just going to give me that extra right. six, six to 12 inches that I need to reach it. And and you grab okay. it and it works, but it might not be the safest thing because that, with, with with something like that, you know, now you have to catch it versus if you have one of those right. little grabbers. And so mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think we can cause another problem, not always, but yes. at times, not yes. knowing. I mean, if it's canned good that we're scooting out at ourselves, that, that could hurt if it hits sure. in the, if it hits in the head um, <laughs> right. for sure. Yeah, I think it's just. I think it's just human nature or human instinct to to look for tools, you know, being primates, to look for tools that are going to help us in our daily activities and stuff. And just so I guess where adaptive equipment and caregiving corner comes in is trying to find a safe way to use adaptive equipment. So, Good, good. Um, Christina, you know, I, I had mentioned in the beginning kind of why you guys started, you know, the business you, you both saw this need, but was there one particular person or incident that stood out to you that you thought, oh, my gosh, you know, Cindy, we yeah. got to do something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and that's, that, there are a couple instances, if you don't mind, Laurie, me touching on them both. The first one, when we first started it, uh, Cindy and I were both doing home health, and we found that it, 
and that was in 2015. So we were in the process of switching over from using paper documentation to actually taking laptops and tablets in. And so what we found is, is we were going into people's homes, and as we were filling out the documentation uh, on the computers, we were, people spent a lot of time looking at, our, at the top of our head. And so we thought, you know, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be interesting or wouldn't it be more effective, I guess, if people would, if we could make a quick little video, nothing long, you know, maybe five minutes, and the caregiver and the individual could watch the video while we're on our computers filling out the documentation that's necessary for every treatment. Um, and then when they get done watching the video, they could ask us questions that we would have. And then they would also have that video because they were stored on YouTube at the time. Uh, they would have the video to go back and watch again if they had questions after we left because that's when most people have questions is when you're when you're gone. So oh, yeah. we you know we saw that we saw that a lot as we as we as a nation transitioned away from paper documentation and more into the electronic the electronic documentation. So that's kind of the basis for it. And then we got another kind of shot in the arm, Lori, when uh, the pandemic happened. You know, and so people were. You know, when we first in, in, in March of 2020 and everybody had to quarantine and were locked down, we found that a lot of people were being um, quarantined with a loved one that maybe needed assistance with daily care. And maybe the people in the house didn't know how to provide that care. So when the quarantine first started in 2020, Cindy and I opened up our entire video and offered it free for 30 days to anybody that was quarantined with a loved one that needed assistance with daily care but didn't know how to do it so they could watch our videos and, and learn how to give safe, safe care to their loved one and also keep themselves safe at the same time. So that's kind of that's how we started, and then we just got a huge shot in the arm. When the, Not to sound opportunistic by any means, but, you know, our, our, our mission is to help as many people as possible, and, and, and we really found that that, that kind of happened whenever uh, people were quarantined due to the pandemic. Yep. Oh, yeah. People are, well, they've got more time to look for resources and, and mm-hmm. even to focus on what they need because it's in front of their face 24-7. You can't go out and kind of ignore it, you know. That's and, right. That's and, exactly and be, right. And be preoccupied. So that makes a really big difference. Um, Cindy, was there anything you wanted to add to that at all? Um, I think that pretty much um, sums it up. The big thing is, is a lot of especially early on with our educational videos, these were questions that many, many, many uh, caregivers and individuals were asking. It's something that we do, you know, every day, whether it be, you know, how to go up and down stairs or how do I get mom out of a chair or things like that. Um, And the need is out there, you know, and Mm -hmm. and, um, so that is one of the big things that we just wanted to to get that out there so that some of those simple things that could could make or break getting somebody up out of a chair, you know, is is available to people. So, yeah, it could make and break. It could make or break, Laura. Lots of times when people, especially now with with the pandemic, there's a there's a window between there's a gap, I'm going to say, between a person that's in a, a healthcare facility that's receiving skilled care and then they go home and let's say they still get home health services, but there's this this kind of gap that the person, when they go from the facility back to home, that the, the healthcare facility or the home health agency isn't able to get to them uh, for a pretty decent time. And so, you know, people need to know how to provide that skilled care. So that kind of skilled care gap between leaving the facility and going back home, uh, that's why a lot of we do what we do with a lot of our videos is try to bridge that gap in the healthcare, uh, with the healthcare services um, so that people can provide safe care until the um, skilled care workers, the skilled health care workers can show up and continue their training. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, maybe you guys are doing this already, but I mean, I, I've had several friends um, go through mm-hmm. knee replacements, hip replacements. And so guys, what we're talking about today, and again, you can call in to ask all different types of questions. It doesn't have to be just dementia related. Uh, because you know what, we're all living with different stuff, <laughs> and we're, we're a bit vague. Um, but who needed to get home health care, couldn't get them out right away, but were kicked out the door, and we're at home, and they're like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what's right. safe. And it, was, it would be so nice if social workers were saying, hey, go to this site. This will help you out. Yes. This is going to give you some, some great education, some ideas. You're going to be able to visually see how to do this. 
Um, are, right. are, are they ta- are they tapping into this at this point? Because I would think, man, would that be a, a wonderful, wonderful tool for them to just calm people down. I mean, families are stressed during those transitions. You oh, know, yeah. am, I, yeah. am I doing it right? What's going on? Or or even if they have somebody come out and show them, as soon as they leave, like, like kind of like you said, you know, they have yeah. questions afterwards. That would give them a place to just kind of find a calm. And, right. and I think, you know, we, I think they deserve that. Yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's kind of what we have been spending a lot of our time. When we first started Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner, Lori, we started it in January of 2020, and then COVID happened. And so we've been looking <laughs> at 2020 trying to figure out, was our business not the right model? Or, you know, is, it, is everybody just fearful and we don't know, you know, we don't know what to expect kind of thing. And so um, what we, we finally we finally found, you know, that it it is something that's needed and stuff. And so we started marketing uh, with our video library in particular, we like to market more to the business because besides watching over our clients physically and as far as rehab is concerned, we also try to make it as affordable as possible. And so, and that includes the access to our videos. We would rather have a company pay for the entire subscription and give that out to their patients than actually go to the individual. Now, the individual can go to our website and buy their own subscription, but, you know, we would rather it be it, that it would come from a company. And so um, we have been reaching out to more, mostly companies, and especially social workers, but, man, they are in such high demand, Lori, the social workers, that everybody and their dog wants to talk to the social workers. So it's kind of hard to get, it's kind of hard to get into, into, you know, to talking to social workers. So most of it, when social workers find us, it's usually been by word of mouth so far. Um, and so, and that's kind of a, that's kind of a slow process, but ideally you're right. That would be, the, I mean, the discharge planners, those would be the perfect people, you know, to, uh, to know about our services. And we actually have a, a, a series of video series. It's called a home safety toolkit uh, that would be, gr- would be a great tool for the healthcare uh, facility that the patient is leaving and before they go home to check mm-hmm. the home and make sure that things are safe bring the list back to the social worker or to the therapy department and say, here are the areas in my home that I'm concerned about. Can you help me address these? I mean, that mm-hmm. would just be perfect. So we usually try to market the home safety toolkit in our video library too, uh, especially the social workers and the uh, discharge planners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is, it's, like you said, it's very difficult to reach people right now. We're, we have the mm-hmm. same problem with Dementia Map. Everyone's like, oh, this is a great idea. It's a wonderful tool. Mm-hmm. But but everyone's doing three and four jobs. And right. and, yeah. and budgets have shrunk. And mm-hmm. who you talk to has changed because, you know, staffing mm-hmm. is a revolving door. And so they're just trying to maintain. And yet mm-hmm. it's sad to me because they don't realize there's so many supportive resources out there that could help them manage better if they just right. took, yes. a, took a, you know, an hour or two here or there to really look at what could help them, um, you know, decrease the, their staff load in terms of, mm-hmm. of time and energy and um, up patient satisfaction as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really is it's trying to break that scenario of, Mm-hmm. I'll call it panic because I think they're all yeah. kind of in a panic mode out there and they're burnt out and they're not thinking clearly either in terms of how right. to do this. But yeah, I wish some of these companies would bring somebody in and that's their job to find yeah. supportive services to help people um, and mm-hmm. to implement because this would not be a difficult thing to implement. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a matter of getting this information. Possible, Lori. I know. Mm-hmm. And for them to like a little brochure and just hand it to somebody, print it off, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very, very cost effective. And again, yeah. I, I think companies need to invest in looking at different ways. And, and most mm-hmm. of them aren't, aren't there yet, in my opinion, from big yeah. to small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the care falls down, falls back to the caregiver and I, and I think everybody is in such a kind of crisis mode right now in healthcare for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, the caregiver and the individual ultimately gets kind of uh, lost in, in the process. And, and with it being, you know, with caregivers, with all of this 
uh, you know, to a certain point, skilled care. You know, when therapy goes into somebody's home or even when we see somebody in a facility, there's a part that we have to train the caregiver on how to give that care to make that to make that leap. But you know, it's 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 minimal. I mean, it's it, it's you know, it's not it's not like a whole training session or you know even a few training therapy treatment sessions. And so you know, there's got to be some there's got to be some way uh, to, to to reinforce maybe the message that they, they get for a little bit while they're at the healthcare facility. And we feel that this is, those are our videos. We try to keep them short, like around mm-hmm. five minutes, uh, depending mm-hmm. on the activity that's being featured in the video, um, so that people can go back and watch them again. You know, if you watch one of our videos and you don't understand it, reach out to us. We're on every platform, you know. So, um, and there are so many senior service resources out there. That really caregivers and individuals, they don't have to do it alone. I mean, people are just wanting to help so bad. You know, it's just a matter of, like you said, if there was somebody at a facility that that was their job to hook, to hook their patients and caregiver up with the resources, at least locally, I mean, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. And I hope there's some companies out there listening and bring this to their mm-hmm. upper management because this is mm-hmm. really critical. Um, I, again, it doesn't have to be time-consuming for them, mm-hmm. and it would ease the burden. Plus, I think there's another benefit here that is being missed, and that mm-hmm. is supporting your staff so they want to stay. You know, exactly. you've got to – you've right. got to – you. You know, companies have to start finding the support to make their jobs easier and and give them hope that they are helping instead of they're just putting out fire after fire after fire. And this is a nice way to be able to do that. And, again, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to cost a lot, doesn't have to take a lot of time. Things uh, can Mm -hmm. be easily implemented. But this is something that this has to change, in in my mind, from the top down. Um, Yeah, yeah. And yet what I'm seeing out there, and and let me know what your thoughts are, but what I'm seeing, like even like with the Mention Map, which is kind of a similar concept, ex- except different, you know, is that it's, the, it's the, the care partner and the person with dementia that's spreading the word of this mm-hmm. is a need. We need, we need mm-hmm. this. And I think especially with mm-hmm. bigger companies, they've gotten so... Um, <clears throat> so specific on everything has to be theirs and mm-hmm. and and they've really cut out a lot of the collaborations you know even from hospitals right. that now have their own home health care yes they can't right. say you have to use theirs but you know that's going to get pushed first but everything has been monetized um, to a level that maybe doesn't meet the public's needs all the time and right, it's a, right. is a, is right. a narrower focus um, well, I'll get off my stint on that, but I, I just think that that's a really important <laughs> important thing for people to to look at and, um, and yeah. so forth. Cindy, why don't you tell us what kind of, of, of you know, we've kind of touched on, on the services and stuff, but my guess is that there are categories of adaptive equipment that people don't even know exist. I mean, people know right. about walkers it, and things like that, but... right. Right. Yeah. You know, I think it's the smaller, yeah, the smaller stuff that helps, helps, you know, especially with activities of daily living, um, just, just kind of bridges that, you know, loss of function or lack of function. The unfortunate thing is, and I, I hate to even say this, but it's true, is a lot of the things, um, that we are showing, um, aren't necessarily covered by insurance, and that's a whole other soapbox that I'm not going to jump on today. The big pieces, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Those the big pieces that people are more familiar with. Some of those are covered, some of those aren't. Of course, bathroom stuff is not, and that's not considered some, for by somebody a non a non necessity item. But um, again, you know, some of the small things like dressing aids. You know, a lot of people don't know what, what a sock aid is. A sock aid is a piece of equipment, and we've got this on our website that makes it so much easier for someone to put their own socks on. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times that, you know, socks and shoes can be a major limiting factor for somebody to, to leave the house. You know, they can get all of the, the rest of their body dressed, but they can't mm-hmm. get their socks and shoes on. And little items like that, like a sock aid, 
Um, we have the original um, AFO. I maybe not be using the title right, uh, Christine. If you can help me, the original AFO assist. That's what it yes. is. Um, if someone has a, a brace, you know that they they wear on their foot and ankle, um, and mm-hmm. if that's a limiting factor, sometimes that's difficult to get on with a shoe. Um, we have items like uh, a product called Friendly Shoes, which is a, an adaptive pair of shoes that actually unzips from the side or the back that allows somebody to slide their foot into a shoe. Um, You know, different products like that that can just finalize activities like getting dressed, like Mm -hmm. being able to dry yourself off after you take a bath. Maybe you can give yourself a shower but trying to reach your back to dry yourself off. You know, we have a product called Mobility Towel. Um, There are so many ingenious people out there and they're they're coming up with ideas out of necessity usually for a family member and those are the people that we love to um, connect with and to try to bring their stuff to the forefront because again it was out of necessity and and I know for a fact after working so many uh, years in the field that if there's one person having trouble with that I can guarantee there are many people having trouble Mm -hmm. with that Um, so those are the types of products that we really like to take a look at. Um, we like to help small business people anyhow because we are a small business and we like to try to lift other people up and, and just bring those products uh, to the forefront. Wonderful. You know, Lori, if I could do another shout out uh, to, ther- to therapists, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy and stuff. We are trained to look at an activity and break it down into a, a, a more manageable activity. And, you know, and so if 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 the listener has a question, you know, contact us. We're, you know, we'll we'll walk you through it, um, or contact your local therapist. Find a local occupational therapist, your physical therapist, your speech therapist, or home health agency uh, that can point you in the right direction and help you break that down. Therapy therapists are so good about breaking down activities. That's why. I, they, they're the ones that can look at, at an activity and say, you know what, if a person would just take a dowel rod and put a hook on it, look at you got a dressing stick. That's awesome. You know, so they're easy to, they, they, they see those things a lot, and so it's easier for them to break it down to give their clients more opportunities and more options and stuff. And I would guarantee you if, you, if you, as a caregiver, sit there and think, man, if somebody would just do this, I guarantee you a therapist has thought of it, and it's probably somewhere online on a durable medical equipment or a home medical equipment uh, website or in a catalog at, at a supply a medical supply store. Well, you know, that, that would be a, an interesting um, concept even just to do as a live event on, on Facebook with you guys and, and have people call in with, you know, how about this, how about that, you know, mm-hmm. what, it, what is out there. or Because people wonder, you know, should I develop this or shouldn't I? And you know, money mm-hmm. and, and, and technology, all that stuff comes comes with it. Um, mm-hmm. And most people will never step forward. Um, but, right. you know, you might be able to, A, make a match for people and get it off their mind mm-hmm. of wondering, should I do this? But let them know, you know, right. this is a product. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you, could, you could look at, um, I'll just take the example of the foot bar walker. You know, they saw a need mm-hmm. for their friend. And, you know, went back home and said, we're, we're going to do something that is going to make this work so our friends can stay at home longer. And I know you guys did a video on that. So I'm going to have you just mm-hmm. mention, because you guys did such a nice job breaking that down. But, I, but again, I think people in the trenches are having these thoughts all the time. Right. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would <laughs> agree with that, you know, and we would, we would be happy to. You know, we do have some relationships with some online uh, medical equipment companies, you know, uh, that are interested in uh, working with inventors to to maybe bring their product to fruition or at least bring it along in the process. So, you know, that's a that's a great idea, and and we would be happy to facilitate that. You know, if somebody had an idea that they've been using a certain device that they created, yeah, reach out to. We'd be happy to talk to you about it because we we love stuff like that. We are therapy nerds through and through, Lori, and we just love all those little devices like that. And, um, you know, we'll give you our opinion on it, and if we can make a connection with uh, somebody in our network, we would love to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Wonderful. And just mentioning uh, the foot bar walker, which 
is a product I absolutely love. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, uh, you know, as a therapist, um, our, our first priority, of course, is to try to train people the correct way to get out of a seat because we want them to try to be independent if they can. So that's scooting forward and using your hands to push yourself up and then taking a hold of your walker. But over the years that I've been in therapy, and, and all of us therapists know this, there are some people, it doesn't matter the amount of rehab, there are some people that still just have that difficulty. And when they can't get up from a seated position, maybe they can walk with a walker once they're up on their feet. And I've Mm -hmm. had many clients like this, but when they are in that seated position, that leaves the whole process to the caregiver of trying to get them up. And that can be very difficult. It can be very uh, unsafe for the caregiver and the client. And that foot bar walker, I'll tell you what, when we when we got it, I kind of looked at it. I was wondering, because sometimes in, in therapy, if we have to, we'll try to hold a walker down to have somebody pull up on it. But it is a hard thing to do. The foot bar walker was absolutely amazing. And I know that I've said this before, and, and I really mean it. it. That piece of equipment is a game changer for both individuals and their caregivers as far as the safety and the reduction in amount of effort that has to be given to get somebody up out of a chair that just can't do it on their own. And Mm -hmm. talk about a bridge to um, some improved function once the person is up. If they're able to walk with a walker, you know, just bridging that gap from them getting up to taking off walking is amazing. Mm -hmm. And the dignity factor is just is, is also out of yeah. this world. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well thank you for giving them a plug. I I just I want to see that thing take off. I, I just mm-hmm. it, it's so incredible and it just it, it just amazes me how many people don't know about it yet and they need to know about this because it's gonna gonna help your loved one, your clients. Um, and it's just gonna make life easier and like you said more dignified for, for everyone. So um, if right. you haven't check out check out the Foot Bar Walker um, and and go to their website and check out their video because you guys do such a nice job breaking it down of how it's different. Um, that's what I love with all your videos. How many videos do you guys have? I mean, you've got hundreds of them, don't you? We do. We actually we have um, about about 320 videos, wow. including that's some a- exercise and stretching videos. Okay, that's fantastic. With, that is with many yeah. more to come. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it grows, it grows, it grows every every month. We we put more out there. So wonderful. You know, one thing we haven't talked about is um, adaptive equipment for eating, and I think this is something that most people don't know about. You know, the the specialty silverware and plates and cups. And can you guys talk about that a little bit? And and things for swallowing. Yeah, yeah, um, we. As far as with speech therapy, speech therapy looks at the mechanism of swallowing or difficulty with swallowing called dysphagia. Um, And there are actually pieces of adaptive equipment out there. When people have difficulty swallowing or difficulty feeding themselves, that's a big part of it too. Um, There are are pieces of silverware or built-up handled silverware. So when Mm -hmm. people, for example, might have difficulty with their their grip, um, they're able to grip a built-up handle a little bit uh, easier, um, they, and they sell that. Uh, there's also silverware, that not only with the built-up handle, but it's weighted. They actually have the, the, the handle has some weight to it, some heft to it for people that might have uh, tremors due to essential tremors or Parkinson's. Um, that helps uh, control the tremors just a little bit more because at that point it's all about getting the food from the plate to the mouth uh, to make sure the nutrition is there. So. Um, also, there's a product that we actually did a review video on. It's called a meal lifter, meal lifter. Uh, that was developed by a couple in uh, Kansas, and they, uh, I think it was his mom that had Parkinson's, and she lived in an assisted living facility, uh, and dignity was an issue for her because as she was feeding herself, food would fall off of the, of the fork or the spoon. Um, and so what they did is they have this, it's a, it's a round plastic uh, lift is what it is, it's a circle, and your plate sits on top of it. And so what it's done is it raises the plate about nine inches, and so it has shortened the distance between the plate and the patient's mouth so that you can get more food. If you have tremors, you can get more food in your mouth instead of losing it 
in the longer, uh, the farther away transition. That's a really, that's a really, I think that meal lifter is a, is a game changer as well. Um, then there's, uh, there are cups for people that have difficulty with swallowing. Um, there are also cups for people that have tremors. Um, dignity, of course, is a big one. There's a cup out there that's called a Kennedy cup. Kennedy, like the President Kennedy. Um, a Kennedy cup, it's got a lid on it. It has a collar that reaches down inside the cup. You put a straw in it, um, and it's got a handle on the side. It doesn't look like a sippy cup. That's the, That, to me, is a big issue is you want to try to make sure people, you don't have like a little baby sippy cup and stuff. You want to save their dignity. And, and so this cup looks a lot more like something you would just see on a table. But it has a lid, and it's screwed on. And so because the collar goes in there, whenever it tumps over, um, it doesn't spill. There's no liquid comes out and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That's a great cup for people with trimmers. And then there's another cup that's called a nosy cup, nose, like the nose on your face. And it's got a notch out of the corner, and the notch is there so that whenever people have difficulty swallowing and they want to take the last few sips of the drink in their cup, you have to tilt your head back. And when you mm-hmm. tilt your head back and you've got difficulty with the timing of your swallow, let's say your timing of your swallow, you don't trigger your swallow, quickly enough now when you tip your head back you got a straight straight shot down to your lungs with that liquid because your head is tipped back um Mm -hmm. and so they use that the nosy cup so that you can actually tip the cup up and your the edge of the cup won't hit the bridge of your nose and so you don't have to toss your head back you just tip the cup up and you can keep your chin in a more neutral position to take advantage of the swallowing mechanism the built-in safety features of your swallowing mechanism so there's, there, I mean, shelving paper, not even shelving paper, but that rubberized shelving paper that you could pick up at, you know, one yep. of the big box discount stores, you could put that mm-hmm. underneath somebody's, you know, like a placemat under somebody's plate so that uh, if they have some trimmers, they won't be pushing the plate all over. The, they don't have to chase it all over the table. It will stay on on the placemat. I mean, just some you know, just some simple tricks like, like that. So they make weights you could put on, like little wrist weights you could put on or on your wrist to um, help reduce the tremors for people with Parkinson's. Um, it's not, here's a, a fun little hack that I like is you could take a tennis ball and cut a slit in it and put a spoon or a fork in, in the slit of the tennis ball, and now you've got kind of essentially a built-up handle silverware, and you, but it's, you've got more of that primary grip instead of the more uh, the dexterity you might need to hold on to a fork or a spoon. There's all kinds of stuff out there. It's just, it just makes me so happy to see. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and again, I think there's so many people that just don't know about so many of these things and Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's absolutely critical that we get word out on the street (laughs) that there's, there's help and there's variety. It's, it's not a one size fits all. There's, many different opportunities in, in ways um, that these products can can be utilized. We do have a caller on the line, so let me just uh, pull them in here real quick. We've got a okay. caller from a 4547 number, 4547. You are live and on the air. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, Lori, this is Gary and Nancy Morris of the Foot Bar Walker, and oh, we are enjoying all the uh, Happy New Year, ladies. Happy New Year Happy to you New and Gary. Um, I wanted to throw in, in case they forgot, that they gave us a wonderful award for 2021, the mm-hmm. Functional Independence and Dignity Award. Uh, that was such a thrill. Oh, yeah, that was, I'll tell you, we were really, yeah, that was a, it was a game changer, and we like to give out those. We, we gave out a couple awards last year, and the Footbar Walker was one of them because it does, it does help maintain people's functional independence and and their dignity. And that um, we we were so happy to be able to be involved with your with the Footbar Walker, Nancy. Um, yeah, and it it really is a game changer. I want well to deserved. tell you one thing. You were talking about Parkinson's. Uh, the mm-hmm. man that we actually designed the first one for had Lewy body dementia and an essential tremor. And we also mm-hmm. have customers that have Parkinson's. And I think because they can reach out as if they're pulling on the back of a church pew, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, their tremors do not kick in as fast as if they're trying to push off or 
um, you know, do all of the muscle work themselves. And um, mm-hmm. and I think as they learn to use the walker more and more, we laughed and said uh, George White used it so quick that his muscles didn't even know he had done it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Lori knows what a big fan uh, Peggy is. But uh, I just wanted to call in and tell you all thank you so much and how we do pray that 2022 will be the year that more people will find out about our wonderful product. Great. Right. I, I, that's, that's, that's our goal, too, Nancy. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for calling in, and we wish you nothing but the best in 2022. And tell, nope. tell Gary we say hi, too. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Well, thank you so much for um, your work at at pulling the footbar walker together. It's amazing. Um, They're a prime example of what you can do with an idea. You know, not just let it spin around your head, but really, really push it forward. I want to um, kind of continue with our conversation. I can't believe we're down to 14 minutes already. The time just flies when you're when you're having fun here. how do caregivers reach out to you? What's what's the best way? Is it through your website or? And Christine, yeah, you we, can go ahead and take we that. are we're on we're on all of, we have our website. Our website mm-hmm. is aecorner.com, um, and we're also on we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter and LinkedIn, and of course our our original. Uh, platform was YouTube, and so we're all over YouTube, uh, and we just, we just started a TikTok channel too, Lori. So we're out there trying. I mean, there's really if you can't find us, it's not because we're not trying. So you know, usually we get a lot of people that will reach out to us from our email. We have a contact page on our website that you could reach out to us to contact us. Um, yeah, and, you know, and and I would encourage your listeners to reach out to us if you have a question. Um, ask us on one of the social medias. We will try to answer it, uh, if it's okay with you, to answer it on social media. Because if you have a question, I guarantee you there's a lot more people that have that same question. You just had the courage to ask it, and we appreciate it. There really is no, there really is no silly question when it comes to adaptive equipment and safety. I agree. I agree. Anything else you wanted to add there in terms of contact information, Cindy? Um, I was just going to let people know, too, though, if if it is something that, you know, you don't want to share on social media, again, come mm-hmm. through our uh, website and do the contact page. Uh, like Christina said, that we, you know, we talk to a lot of people. We've had a lot of questions. We've been able to problem solve with people um, on their situation. Now, of course, mm-hmm. um, not being physically there, we always recommend that you consult with a local PT or OT, uh, but we have been able to try to, fi- uh, try to find some equipment or equipment resources for people so that's that's just what we do so feel free to reach out to us can you help them find um physical therapists and things like that or language uh pathologists you know in their area if if they're kind of lost on that we can we can do we will probably do just a general search um as far as that goes we don't have a direct resource but we've actually we did that for somebody um I'm trying to remember. I don't know where when it where it was, but yeah, we did find somebody for an outpatient facility uh, for mm-hmm. somebody. But before. you so had yeah, them we, contact. They, we usually try to have them contact their primary care physician uh, because yep. they will probably need some kind of a referral uh, for their insurance and stuff. So um, it'd probably be the more efficient to contact their their primary care physician. Um, as far as resources are concerned, uh, Lori, we've got a resource page on our website. Uh, it's got a listing of state by state of, um, it's not exhaustive by any means, but it's a list of all the lending closets state by state. And lending closets are health equipment lending closets. They, they receive and refurbish uh, medical equipment and then loan it out for no cost or low cost uh, to people in their areas. And, you know, so a lot of something like a hospital bed or, you know, a, a, a mechanical lift, you know, that'd be a good place to start before you go straight to a, a store online to purchase one. At least see if there's one that you could try out for sure or borrow at least. Um, so you could go to our resource page for that. There's also almost every state has uh, at least one, if not more, I'm sure, uh, area agencies on aging. 
um, and they are a great source of information regarding senior uh, senior services in their area. Uh, to find your local area agency on aging, if you go to elderlocator.org, you type in your zip code, and it will give you a list of, of the area agencies in uh, agencies in your area. Okay. You know, I think there, that that is really interesting because so many people don't know that there are places they can go to. I didn't know until you know, my dad actually passed away and we had some equipment with him and, and found out like the legions and the VA a lot of times mm-hmm. take equipment and then they, they repurpose mm-hmm. it. You know, it's like use it till yeah. you don't need it, bring it back again. And it was like, oh, how slick was that? Or even clothes yeah. and things like that, you're just kind of at a loss of, you know, what what's the best use for this. So yeah. I think that that's fabulous that you have that down. And, and I would imagine if people know of others, you'd be open to hearing hearing those um, other resources from yeah, people. Yeah, because the list be isn't to... exhaustive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wonderful. We'd be happy, we would be happy to take. If you, go, if you know of something and it's not on our resource page, reach out to us. We'd be happy to add it because it's just we find those two resources in particular, the lending closets, you know, the fraternal orders that do stuff like that, and the um, area agencies on aging are, are just valuable resources. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's, especially now, money is so tight with so many people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they can help, that is absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Um Let's talk just in our, in, our, in our last, like, eight minutes that we have. I'm going to throw this to Cindy first. What's some advice you have for caregivers and, and care partners out there? Um, as far as caregivers, this is what I would tell them, and this is what I tell my caregivers when I train them. Let your individual or your loved one do as much as they can. That may take some verbal cues from you. It may take some tactile or touching cues from you. But let them do as much as they can because we want caregivers to work smarter, not harder. You know, caregivers are giving care, and that is a tough job. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially for loved ones, you have to protect yourself and take care of yourself in order to, to keep caring for your loved ones. Um, so that is, you know, that's usually my biggest thing is, is sometimes I'll go into a home the caregivers will say, well, so-and-so can't do this, this, and this. And when I walk over to them and start giving them verbal cues, they can. You know, they can mm-hmm. get up, they can do this, they can do that, but they need some guidance. Um, so that's the biggest thing is if you are uncertain about what to do with your loved one or to, to, to try to find out what they can and can't do, try to try to get a consult with a, a therapist in your area to see. I know it takes a little bit longer but it's going to save the caregiver. And that's, that's part of what we're about as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the other thing I would say to caregivers are, you know, you may always feel like it, but you are not alone. There are many people that want to help you. There are many resources. Um, and, I, and I know sometimes it's time consuming to try to find those, but try to reach out to people. Try to find the resources that can be helpful to you. Great, great advice. Uh, Christina, anything you want to add? Um, my, my advice would be uh, make sure you're using good body mechanics, caregivers. Caregiving's hard on a body. Uh, try and remember uh, some, some simple things to make sure you lift with your, lift with your legs, uh, not with your back. Uh, make sure you're getting in nice and close to whatever it is that you're lifting and don't twist and turn. Move your body to the object that you're working with. So just remember your biomechanics. That's what I would. That's what I would say. <laughs> well, that that's a really important because you, know, you think of how many people throw out their back or their shoulder or their rotor mm-hmm. cuff or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and not only just for the care partner, but for those they're caring for as well. I mean, they have to kind of think mm-hmm. of those mechanics because sometimes we're tugging people up and, and that can be really hard on, on them as well. So there's so many great things out there. One thing we didn't talk about really quickly, and maybe you can give a plug for this, but um, people worry a lot about um, toileting and grooming. Can you name a, a few mm-hmm. products just in that area as well? And, and maybe for sleeping too, they're worried they're going to roll off or, or wander off. Do you want to address that? Um, Maybe like the top three areas of concern? 
Um, yeah, so for toileting items, um, you know, the, the biggest thing, we, we have several products, but, you know, we always want to give people as much independence in the bathroom as they can have. Um, there are products if the toilet paper holder is not in a good place for them to be able to reach or twist to get it. We've done a product review on a toilet, hold, toilet paper holder called Extender Roll, which actually moves the toilet paper holder away from the wall in, in pretty much any position that, that you need to make it accessible. Um, there are other toileting items that help people who don't have the reach maybe to clean themselves after they've had a bowel movement. A lot of people don't like to talk about that, but there are those items out there um, that can help with that. Um, are as holding, you know, utensils or like a hairbrush or a toothbrush or things like that. There's all kinds of assistive devices. We have done a couple of reviews on a product called a functional hand. And there's also a product called Easy Hold, which are different types of um, products to use to hold those items. Um, it's a little bit hard to describe, but we've got those reviews on our website. So please take a look at those. Um, because there's so many things that can help make you more independent. Um, there was one other, let's see, you Sleep. said the bathrooming, the groom. Oh, sleeping, Sleep. yes. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I love um, for the bedroom is a bed rail. Um, so many people are like, oh, I don't need a bed rail. Um, but besides the fact that, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're not concerned about rolling out of the bed, if you are, that's an item to get. And even just a small one that is up at your main, the main, your trunk, that's going to at least give you um, some heads up if you start moving that way. Uh, but a bed rail can make a huge difference in just someone getting up from a lay, uh, laying down position to a sitting position on the side of the bed. Um, the bed rail is, so that's a big item. The other item that I like to suggest is um, putting some type of a motion sensored light, battery operated preferably, so that you don't have to treat, uh, check down or uh, find an, an outlet, but battery operated motion sensor light that you put underneath the bed so that when your feet come down onto the floor, it lights your path right there at the bed. Um, those, you know, safety is a huge thing, especially at night, especially in the bathroom. So motion sensor lights are something that I would really um, suggest there's another little thing that I just love is a, a toilet light. Um, besides the fact, and this is going to sound weird, but the, the toilet light that changes colors just makes me happy for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> but when you get up at night and have to use the bathroom and your toilet is lit up in green or whatever, it, it's a nice subtle light, but it's so much, you know, it, it improves the safety so much. So those are things that I would suggest um, for those areas. I, I'm glad you mentioned both of the the lighting options because I was I had written those down to mention. What about uh, there's a lot of people that um, deal with with wandering and things like that. Do you do any motion sensor stuff at all um, or or alarm information? Because I know that that's another big worry, especially when it comes to people with dementia who who might get disoriented. Yeah, yeah, there, I, you know. Go ahead, Jen. No, go ahead, Christine. If you... No, I was just going to say we haven't done any videos on that so far, but, you know, working with clients with dementia, um, there are, there are uh, pressure-sensitive uh, devices that can go in, in a person's bed uh, that would set on a, off an alarm if they get out of bed uh, uh, without, without you knowing it or in the middle of the night, and it would uh, alert you to that. Um, I, I don't have any, I can't think of anything else. We haven't really worked with that, but I think that would be a great area for us to get into. So if anybody has yeah. has some suggestions, there's a lot of technology. Yeah. Videos. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, lot of technology, technology out there that, you know, that mm -hmm. uh, a sensor, you know, like I've, I've, I've read, uh, and I don't know if it's come to complete production yet, but, you know, people, there are things where you could put trackers in people's house slippers. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and that way, whenever they're when if they fall and there's no you know there's no sensor, if the sensor's not picking up anybody on them, then it will alert you that there's that the that somebody has maybe has fallen or a credit card. There's some kind of a device that you could put in a person's purse or their wallet, and if they wander off, then you could find them via GPS and stuff. You know, they okay. got those 
tiles now that would be that would probably simulate something like that. Well, wonderful. Gals, this has just been just a, a great conversation. Um, again, yeah. folks, how important is it to get the correct adaptive equipment? It can just be life-changing. Go to their website at aecorner.com, and from there you can get a hold of them. Thank you so much. Like, click, and share, and spread the word. This is a, a really impactful informational uh, interview. Thanks, everyone. Bye now.